Hey, what's up, everyone? I just want to say welcome uh, from wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Truth Podcast today. Um, I hope you're having a fantastic morning or a fantastic afternoon or fantastic evening, no matter what time of day it is for you. Um, but I am your host today. My name is Ethan. Uh, me and my wife just moved out here from Ohio a couple months ago. Um, we went from Pittsburgh to Ohio, back to Ohio, and then uh, we got married, and then we uh, hitched the ride uh, all the way to Los Angeles, California, um, and we felt so called in our heart. Uh, to help Pastor Anthony and Pastor Andre with the vision that the Lord has given them by just preaching the true, pure gospel of Jesus. And yeah, I'm really excited uh, to share with you today what I feel like the Lord um, has been um, has put in my heart and and I've been letting it marinate, <laughs> kind of like how we marinate chicken and make sure that the, the seasonings on the outside get on the inside. I wanted to be sure that every all the scriptures that I read to you, um, that they weren't just something that I looked at one time and I was like, oh, let me preach or teach about these. Like these, these have been marinating in my heart. And honestly, the one that I'm going to spend the most time on has been has been in my heart for months. Um, and so I actually I t- I, uh, reached out to Pastor Anthony and I was like, yo, I have to talk about this because um, I'm like, I've been meditating on this for months now and I've just been so excited. Um, so I just want to welcome you all and I'm going to start right away. If you haven't known or if you do not know, we're actually currently in a series. The series is called Enthroned and this will be part um, part six, I believe. And uh, right, what we're doing is we're going through the book of Ephesians. And the first chapter of Ephesians starts off, Paul saying that we've been seated in heavenly places in Christ. And Ephesians is such a beautiful book. It's actually, um, I'm pretty sure it's the only Paul's letters, sorry, that uh, do not have any. Uh, he doesn't correct one time in it. Um, so it's a very, very good book. And honestly, it, I. As I like the more that I read it, the more I realize it is like the gospel for dummies. And it's like so uh, probably why it's my favorite one, <laughs> because it doesn't take um, a lot of knowledge uh, to understand it. But I, but um, as I said, we are in a series. So I highly, highly, highly encourage every listener um, to go back and to listen to the ones that were before, because um just as as Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these books, like he didn't write Ephesians chapter one and that was the book. He didn't write chapter two and that was its own book. Like the the letter of Ephesians was written, uh, you know, as one one like flow to it. It wasn't um, there were not any breaks. And so I encourage you not to just jump in the middle, though, if you feel that you want to do that, that's that's totally fine. We're not telling you what to do. But um, there is such a benefit in understanding that that these these uh, letters Paul is building into them. And so he doesn't he doesn't just write this. Um, like a text message to a friend, like these are beautifully orchestrated letters um, that he's that he's writing. And so everything that was 
um, talked about in the podcast before. Um, we're actually like continuing to build off of that. And it's so um, the reason I want to stress that is because the very first word in chapter five in Ephesians chapter five is therefore. He says, therefore, be imitators of God. All right. The reason he says, therefore, is because he was using this the ideas that were written before, which if you just listen to the podcast uh, about the new man, then you this um, this is going to be a nice flow into chapter five, going from the last podcast where Pastor Anthony covered the new creation, the new man in Christ. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about verses one, <clears throat> one and two, and then um, and then we're going to skip over to verse twenty five, because I think uh, Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty five has just been marinating in my heart like crazy. I feel like the Lord has has pinned that passage or that uh, those scriptures as what he really wants to do the majority of his work in today. Um, but I'm just going to touch up on a few things in the beginning of chapter five, where he says, therefore, this is verse one, be imitators of God as dear children. Verse two, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. All right. One thing I really Really, and we all, all of us in the, on the uh, Pastor Anthony's team, we all listen to Pastor Prince. And one of the things that really caught my attention when I first was listening to him, and I promise this relates to this passage, was he, he was telling a story about one time when he was correcting his daughter. And he says, it's so easy to just correct your children for the way that they're behaving. He says, but what actually would happen is if you, you correct behavior, Without identity, it's like, um, this is my own comparison, that it's kind of like pulling a weed, but leaving the root in the ground. All right. And if you pull the top of a weed, it might look better and your garden might look better for a week or two weeks, three weeks. But it, all in all, give it, you know, those two weeks, three weeks, the weeds are back and they're worse. They're worse than before. But if you pull it up from the root, it doesn't grow back again. And so that's why, like, when you bring correction, and as Pastor Prince was uh, given his own, um, this was like his personal story, he was correcting his daughter. And what he said was, he, she, he, um, you're a Jesus girl, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm a Jesus girl. And he goes, okay, so, so then I know that you know that Jesus girls don't do that. But in what they do do is this. And so he wasn't so quick um, as, I mean, so many of us are. He wasn't so quick to correct her by her behavior. But what he does was he reaffirmed her identity as a daughter of, of God. And then he says, because you are a daughter of God, you know that this is against your nature. And going back, this is Ephesians 5, he, chapter 1, he says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Imitation is an action. If you imitate somebody, you are copying them. And so he's not saying, therefore, Im imitate God. Just do that, period. He's saying, since you are God's child, 
You are his son. You are his daughters. You've been born again. You have a new nature now. Be, therefore, be an imitator of God. This is so important. It's identity. And then he talks and he gives you an instruction. All right. That's the reason why I was saying it would be it was so important to go check out the other podcasts in the series is because you need to understand what the therefore is there for. <laughs> the first word is therefore now now. And what did he say? So Ephesians chapter one through three is um, well, actually through four and about a half. Uh, Paul was basically describing the identity of of the uh like of christians i was gonna say the ephesian church but not just the ephesian church he was describing our identity he was saying what god did he spent three four uh, almost four and a half chapters explaining what what god did and then now he's saying therefore because of everything that god has done because of the finished work of jesus Now you can be an imitator of God. Why? Because you are his child. All right. And then how do you imitate God? Verse two and walk in love. The Bible says uh, first Corinthians 13. It gives a whole list of what love is. The Bible says love is patient and is kind. All right. There is no like separation between those two it's it actually says not patient but long suffering so love suffers long while at the same time being kind to the person that it's suffering from all right no more like if your mcdonald's order is late and you're over at the counter with your receipt in your hand banging on the table because it's past the five minutes that's not love that's not suffering long and when you say why didn't you guys hurry up? That's one that's not grace. That's not, you know, uh, it, it is very tempting at times, I know, to do that. But you have to recognize in your nature, that's not who you are as a child of God because you have been given a spirit of love. That's what the Bible says in 2 Timothy one uh, chapter 1, verse 7. You weren't given a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. So if you have the spirit of love in you, and now you're able to walk in love as Christ also loves us and gave himself for us, then if you're at McDonald's and your order's late, then you can suffer long, I promise. And you can be kind to the person at the same time. And I'm just using McDonald's as, as an example because uh, in the morning when I'm waiting for my coffee, that's probably the worst temptation that I go through every day. Uh, I'm kidding, but um, but just getting back to the scriptures, like we need to recognize first identity, 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 identity. Who are you? And when you understand who you are, who Christ has made you to be. Because And this is nothing that you've done, but everything Jesus has done. When you recognize that, you can easily, easily walk the same way Jesus walked. And you're doing it without a struggle. You're doing it without, almost without trying. Which is like, we are like, uh, we preach against your self-effort trying to do something to become something. We just want you to rest in who, what God did 
And because of what he did, when you believe in something, in what he did, you receive it and you become it. And then by becoming something, the Bible says a pig returns to the mud. That means you can make a you can make a pig as washed and clean as possible, but it's always going to go back to the mud. Why? Because that's its nature. It loves mud. But let's you will never convince a lamb that's pure and white and clean to enjoy mud, though sometimes it might fall into the mud. It doesn't like mud. All right. Or some. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just going to leave it with that example. but. Um, it's, that's why your identity is so important. You understand you're no longer that old person. That old man is dead. You are a new man. The Bible says in second Corinthians five seventeen that you have become a new creation in Christ Jesus. That the Bible says that all of the old things, the old things that you've ever done, all your regrets, your mistakes, it's all gone. It was washed away by the blood of Jesus and all of those sins were already condemned. And God does not hold anything of that against you. That's all gone. And you are a new man, a new person. And because of that, now you can walk in newness of life. And it's easy. And I think this is a perfect transition. Going to verse 25, and this is what I really want to hit on today. Um, this is this verse, as I said before, it is so powerful when you see this. And it is so, and you're going to see why it is so tempting to look at this from, from a behavioral standpoint and miss what, what Paul was actually saying in this, all right? And it's when he's talking about uh, husbands and wives and wives submitting to husbands, but husbands loving their wives. Then he says, uh, and then he goes into how Jesus loved us, loved his bride. And this is so, this is literally the gospel in four verses. It is so amazing. I'm going to read it right now. Husbands, this is verse 25 in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. All right, this is not an action just by itself. This is again back to the whole, therefore be imitators of God as a dear child. So now that you have the same spirit in you that raised Christ from the dead, don't let self-effort sneak in, but because of his spirit, because of your new nature, the Bible says in Second Peter chapter 1 that you've been given the divine nature. You have God's nature in you to, to, to desire what he desires, to love like he loves, okay? And so husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her right there. Love the church and gave himself for her. Okay. There's always going to be an action with true love. Okay. And then this is what Christ, this is what happened when Jesus gave himself for her. I love these next, these next couple verses. It's, it's amazing. It says, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That is so powerful. Think about this. Jesus, 
loved you, the church, his bride, so much, he was willing to die for you. He's willing to die for me. Wherever you're at, no matter what part of the world you're in, no matter what race you are, no matter how much money you have, God sent Jesus and Jesus loved you so much. He gave himself for her. And by doing that, not for her, for you, by doing that, it says he sanctified you. He sanctified his church. That means he set it apart. It's like he took um, all the bad in the world or like you were in the world with all the bad, all the evil, all the like um, the dirt, the filth. And what he did was he grabbed you out of the earth. I mean, I'm not saying he, he pulled you out of the world, but just to demonstrate he out of all the filth in the world, it's like he grabbed you and set you apart for, for a cleansing process. Like he took you out of the if like it's, it's like you fell into the mud and you were filthy. It's like God came sanctified, which was picked you up and re- pulled you out, set you apart from the mud. And then it says he cleansed you. Her, which is his bride, which is you and me. He cleansed us with the washing of water by the word. The Bible says in 1 John, not 1 John, but John 1, (laughs) that the word is Jesus. The word in the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was with God. Not everything was made uh, without the word. Jesus is this word. And so it literally says Jesus would sanctify, set you apart and cleanse you with the washing of water by himself. That's so good. And it's for what reason? For this reason, that he would present her, his bride to himself, a glorious church. I don't know if you're like me, but. I grew up in churches when I first started my, my Christianity walk, my walk with God. I heard all the time, like, we're sinners saved by grace. And I understand the heart of people saying that. And, and they, um, they're like, how do I say this? I don't think that that's biblically accurate. Because if, if I saw my wife standing in the mirror and saying, oh, my hips are too big, or my nose is too big, or I don't like my eyes, or I don't like this, or I'm overweight, or I'm eating too, stuff, any of that sort. As a husband, like, that does not make me happy to hear my wife say that. And, and so personally, I really don't think God enjoys hearing us say how filthy and terrible of sinners we are when he paid a very, very high price to cleanse us with the washing of water by the word, and that he paid such a high price so that he would present us to himself as glorious. Did you catch that? It says he would present the church to himself as a glorious church. Glorious is not a a light word. It's like, oh, it's a pretty church. It's like, it's pretty. It's decorated for Christmas. No. It literally says a glorious church. Glory is like, is one of the, the like, most profound words uh, to describe a beauty about something. And it says that, that this church would not have spot 
or wrinkle or any such thing, but that the church should be holy and without blemish. It's so good. All of those, the, it's saying no spot or wrinkle. It's, um, it's like if you had a, a white wedding dress and then you just got like this stain on it and it was the whole dress was ruined. This white dress was completely ruined by one little stain. Or sometimes maybe you stepped in mud in a white dress and the whole dress was like awful. But he was saying that his church, he presented his church to himself as a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle or any such thing or any related thing. But that the church should be holy and without blemish. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you what this just said? This verse just said that because of what Jesus did on the cross, that you no longer have a spot, you no longer have a wrinkle, you no longer have any such thing, but it says that she should be holy and without blemish. God, because of what, what Jesus did on the cross, let me tell you right now, you are holy. Don't let your religious goosebumps uh, make like turn your ears off right now. But you are holy. God sees you as holy. God sees you without blemish. That means there's nothing wrong. Like God sees you. There's nothing wrong with you. Let me read you a verse I was reading. This is in Ephesians chapter one. I'm going to see if I can find it. All right, this is Ephesians chapter one, verse uh, four. This is NLT version. I think, um, you know, my reading level is not, it is not that high. <laughs> Just being honest with you guys. So I, sometimes when I read NLT, I, I, I like to pair it with the, N, uh, the New King James because New King James is way closer to like the original manuscripts, but NLT just kind of simplifies or dumbifies stuff so that it's easier for me uh, to understand. But this is verse four in the New Living Translation. It says, even before God made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And like I was explaining, like, a little bit of my church walk, where I came from, um, like I've been in churches that were very, you're a sinner saved by grace and you have to accept that. But then I've also been in churches where I didn't even know if I was saved anymore because they were preaching the law so much and it was amplifying my sin as it should because that's the intention of the law and to the point I didn't even know if I was saved or if I was going to heaven anymore. And so, and I thought God looked at me and I'm like, Lord, you see me. I'm so filthy. Like if I died today, I know I would go to, that's, I would go to bed like almost in tears every night. I'm like, God, I, if I died today, I would be in hell because I, I, I am not holy. I'm not perfect. I'm not without fault. I've sinned. But, but let me tell you this truth. You're not holy because of your actions. Your actions cause you to be unholy. Well, actually, Adam's Adam in the Garden of Eden caused your actions or uh, not caused your actions. His actions caused all people in the world to be unholy. But you were sanctified. You were cleansed. You're presented to Christ as a glorious church. And you are now without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. 
And then it says, and you are holy. And you're without a blemish. And God chose, this is back to that verse uh, in Ephesians 1. It says that God chose you before he laid the foundations of the world that you would be holy and without fault in his eyes. If you're like me and you're struggling maybe with an addiction or maybe you have some like a preacher that that um, I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at any preachers, but a lot of them can overhype some things in the scriptures because I, I truly don't know that they they know the love of God as much as they could. And it, it, you might be in a place where you're like me listening to a preacher that makes you feel like you're going to go to hell, even though you're not, even though you are holy. And they're, they're focusing so much on what you have to do and what you're doing instead of Jesus. And if you would just look to Jesus, all of those things would stop. But he, instead, they're causing you to look at yourself and your own actions. And then you're, off of, you're out of faith and back into sight. And you're not walking in faith. If you're not walking in faith, then you can't receive the righteousness of God. Because it's only by faith that you receive it. But I'm telling you, you can stop now and you can find freedom today in, in the belief, in, in the understanding that God made you perfect. God made you holy and without blemish. Like even if you went and sinned yesterday, you don't have to be conscious of that and thinking about it 24 seven. Like, oh, my God, like, what did I do? Lord, I'm so sorry, because what that's going to do is it's actually going to make you commit that sin again. But the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that you are like, God doesn't want you to have a sin conscious. He doesn't want you to constantly think about that sin that you've just committed or that you've been struggling with. What he actually wants you to do is to focus on Christ, because in Christ you find freedom. The Bible says whom the son sets free is free indeed. Not just free, but free indeed. How do you do that? You put your mind on what Jesus has done and get off of what you need to do. And you can rest in that. All right. And I'm not coming from a place without experience. You know, I've ever always been. I wasn't always a saint. I wasn't born perfect. You know, I was close, but just kidding. But I was born in sin. And you know what? I committed sin and I had addictions. I had things that I struggled with. And you know what? I, I had stuff I struggled with after being a Christian. Believe it or not. Some people think that I'm going to hell because of that. And, and it's, you know what? That's fine. I don't think they read their Bible. That's okay. <laughs> but what I'm, I want to tell you with the Lord, how he helped me. Because I was, I was in the mud. I was a sheep born again, not a pig. I wasn't a pig that was loving the mud. I was a sheep stuck in the mud and I couldn't get out. And the Lord had to help me. And, it's, and in the midst of one of my addictions, I'm like crying before the Lord because I really thought I was going to go to hell. And he spoke to me and I, I felt it so clearly. And I remember exactly where I was. And he told me, he says, Ethan, if you don't see yourself as clean, you will never be free. Can I say that again for you guys? The, Jesus told me, I felt it so clearly in my heart. He says, if you don't see yourself as clean, you will never be free. The Bible says in Romans 6, reckon yourself dead indeed. 
to sin, but alive to God unto righteousness. Reckon yourself. See yourself as dead to sin. This verse that I was reading to you, I I told you, we're going to spend the majority of the time in this verse because it's so powerful. It's important to love your wife as, you know, husbands, love your wife. Yes, that's so important. But don't miss what he's really saying in here. The deep and the, the, like all scripture points to Jesus. It points back to him. God glorified him for a reason. Scripture is not just for us to take it and to like have our little fun and do whatever we want with it. No, the scripture has a purpose. It's to point us to Jesus. And we see that in the book of John. Jesus says, you look through the scriptures and you, and you, you know, you, you get puffed up or overconfident because of how many scriptures you have, but you don't understand it's that it's those scriptures that are pointing to me. So we have to understand, like, don't go to church and listen to a message about, about your mind or your thinking or about, um, how to break free from sin. You don't want to listen to how to get rich, how to be prosperous, how to get healed. All right. Though all those things are good, you actually can't find them apart from Jesus. And if you like, and I know that like so many churches, they mean well, they really want to help people. You know, I'm not, I'm not bashing God's bride at all, but I'm saying there's a better way. And the way is through Jesus. And Jesus literally said, I am the way where to the father, back to the father. And by coming back to the Father, you realize you, re- you inherit your identity as a child of God. And you walk in it. If you see yourself, you are cleansed. Jesus' blood cleansed you. You have a new nature now. To the point where, like, those things, they're already starting to feel weird. If you're in an addiction and you don't like it, that's good news. The fact that you don't like it shows that deep down in your heart, something's changed. Something's happened. If you're loving your sin, you have no care about, you know. I don't know if, the, if you're born again, but if you hate it, there's something in you that's, I don't like this. That's evidence that you're born again. That you are the church and that he washes, he washed you. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, if you wash the inside of the cup, the outside is going to cleanse itself. Jesus washed the inside of your cup and the outside, the actions, they're going to clean, clean itself up. But you first have to see yourself as clean. Just as, as the Lord told me when I was struggling and now I'm free. It's the same with you. Recognize that you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. That he's done all of it for you as a good husband. You know, right now, most husbands and wives work. But back in, like, I mean, you could even say probably a hundred years ago, the wife didn't work. She was home with the kids and the husband worked. And think that's a type of Jesus working, the husband of the bride, which is the church. So Jesus did all the work. The wife can just rest can just rest in what the husband has already done. And that's how I want to close this out. Is I, I, like Our number one goal here at Truth is to get your eyes off of you and onto Jesus and understand how amazing he is. Understand the works that he's done. Understand that he's cleansed you. He's made you holy. He's taken away the spots and wrinkles. 
You don't have to go to sleep at night wondering what's going to happen, where you're going to go, but you can rest, go to sleep resting and understanding that you've been forgiven, that God loves you, that he paid a high price for you because he thought you were worthy, that he looks at you without fault. He looks at you as holy. There's only two kinds of righteousness. There's yours, which is what you've done. The Bible calls that filthy rags. So that's the first type of righteousness is you're either in filthy rags or the other kind of righteousness is God's righteousness, which the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, the Bible says that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin. So you and so I could become the very righteousness of God that was in Jesus. And as we're in Jesus, we have God's righteousness. We've become God in the same way Jesus became sin, which is the opposite of righteousness. It wasn't a sinful action he became. He became sin, like a distortion of or like a location And because he became that, we become the righteousness of God. In the same way he became sin, now we are righteous. We are God's righteousness. The last verse I want to talk about is in verse, it's chapter five, verse, um, let me find it real quick. Well, this is good. Verse 28 says, Husbands ought to love their own wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. Translate that. This whole passage is comparing, or not comparing, but using marriage to to, uh, unveil Christ in the church and his love for the church and the marriage between Christ and and the church. And so think about this. It's like Jesus... Husbands, Jesus ought to love their own wives or his own wife as his own body. For he who loves his wife or Jesus who loves his church loves himself. For no one ever hated himself, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. And it's at the point that because you are the righteousness of God, you've become the righteousness of God. If God didn't love you, and see you as faultless, like, in a sense, it would, he would be hating himself because you're his righteousness. <laughs> That's who you are now. And then it says this, we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And this verse is super good. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This isn't talking about marriage. This is talking about Jesus. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I'm speaking concerning Christ and the church. So Paul, right there, the gospel, the good news about Jesus. What, what, what is he saying right there? Jesus left his father in heaven came down in a body, in a human body, and died as sin to give you his righteousness and to be unified, to become one flesh with you. 
just as a man would leave his father and mother and be become unified or one with his wife. Now that's how the church is with Jesus. And I mean, if you want to keep going, yes, <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> love your wife <laughs> and let the wife see that she respects her husband. But quite honestly, like, you're, you're, you're going to spend your time and you're going to get frustrated trying to love your wife if you don't realize the love God has for you. If you don't realize in your heart how much Jesus loved you, loves you still. You know, what he was willing to do for you. The Bible says that Jesus endured everything with joy because of the joy that was set before him. He, he went through all of it, all the whippings. The nails in his wrists, the nails in his feet, the crown of thorns that was put in his head. He did that with joy because of his great love for you. He didn't do that to go tell you to behave again. He did that to bring you back to the Father. He did that to set aside the set of requirements that we had to obey and to complete all 600 something of them. To get to the Father, He set that aside. He fulfilled it on the cross in His body for one purpose to bring you back to the Father. That's how much that they loved you. So I really hope that today this has blessed you. I really hope, like, if, if you're fighting with anything, any addictions, understand, like, reckon yourself dead to it and see yourself as clean. When, when the Lord spoke that, that word to me, I had a quick vision and I watched somebody in like, like, uh, that had just gotten a shower. It was like, they, they didn't want to play around in the rain or go do lawn or yard work. They wanted to stay inside. Why? Because they were clean. They didn't want to risk getting dirty again. But somebody that hasn't showered in a week really doesn't care if they get dirty again. They're like, yeah, well, I'm already dirty. You might as well do it now. I'll shower later and then stay inside after that. So if you realize you're clean, guess what you're not going to do? You're not going to go outside. You're not going to go play in the filthy things because you're going to want to stay clean. And I'm not saying that, that uh, if you go like you mess up, now you're unclean again. That's not what I'm saying. This is just like an illustration that the Lord gave me to help me. That I'm trying, that I want to give to you to help you. It's like you're clean, you're brand new, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're dead to sin. You can now reckon yourself dead to sin, and now you're alive to God. And you can walk in faith. You can keep your eyes on Jesus. You can have a relationship with Him, and He'll give you the best life you could imagine. And so I want to leave you with that. Wherever in the world you're watching from, I bless you in the name of Jesus. The Lord has great and big, mighty plans for your life. Big, big things for you. Um, the Lord is going to do some wonderful things well, with truth in the next coming year, in the many, many years. Um, and I'm so excited for it. I'm so excited for all of you that are, you know, in the, that are tuning in with us. All of you that are on this journey with us, um, it, is, it's, it is our pleasure um, 
to just walk this life with you um, and to minister. It is it is our pleasure to minister to you. Um, and I wish and I know this week is going to be one of the best weeks you've ever had in the name of Jesus. So right. thank you all for listening. Catch you next time. Hey, guys, we want to thank you for tuning in. We pray that this quickened your heart. If you'd like to give a one time or become a monthly partner, visit our website and hit that Give Now button up at the top. We thank you in advance and pray that you continue to receive everything God has already given you by grace through faith.